is the year. This is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best. Hustling, taking care of business, and taking care of your community. Join us for JMT Media's podcast, where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community. Hey y'all, good morning and welcome to Community Corner. I'm Jacqueline Tacarante from JMT Media. Today is a fantastic Monday. We have a lot of things happening. Um, Recently, I'm sure y'all are seeing it streaming live on your Facebook pages, your Instagram feeds. Um, We do have a hospital that just docked here in the New York Harbor. So we're really excited um, to have additional health and services. So today's segment, is specifically about youth and mental health and wellness. Um, You know, we focused a lot on small businesses and financial planning and in working with Youth Build Staten Island and listening to some of the students um, and also managing and watching what's happening with Staten Island Partnership for Community Wellness. I was like, you know, we really need to chat with the experts um, that are on the ground day in and day out. And so I'm super excited that we have two special guests with us. Um, the first is Adriana Abate. She is the executive director for the Staten Island Partnership for Community Wellness. And we also have Camilla Hanks from Youth Build Staten Island, which is the premier youth build for pretty much all of New York State. So um, first joining us this morning is Adrian. Are you there? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adrian, first off, thank you so much. I know that you have a lot going on, um, you know, and Staten Island as a whole, we try to always mention and make sure that we talk about mental health and wellness. Um, but to everyone that's watching our viewers, can you talk to us specifically about your role at the Partnership for Community Wellness? Because you do a lot, my dear. <laughs> We sure do. So um, I am the executive director at the Staten Island Partnership for Community Wellness. We are a public health nonprofit that was established to actually identify emerging public health issues on Staten Island and then to activate partners and community members to actually drive the work so that we really have terrific community participation and lots of expertise from different, different folks. We are supporting two major initiatives. One is called TISA, which focuses on behavioral health needs of children and young adults. And the other is the Child Wellness Initiative that is working to reduce the burden of chronic disease, specifically asthma and obesity across Staten Island, but in populations where the burden is greatest. Got it, got it. Um, You know, right now with everything that's happening with coronavirus, um, there's a lot of youth that have questions. And so I wanted to go straight to you because you are seen as an expert in this field and in the community. Um, And so can you talk to us about, you know, what are some of the challenges that um, some of your participants or patrons that you've been hearing and what are kind of the resources? Sure. So COVID-19, I feel, is, is it's a, a triple whammy, right? It's a public health crisis, and we're in a state of massive community transmission. So right now, families, everybody in the community is worried about transmission, about getting ill, about going to the hospital, and these are all real concerns. So we really are encouraging people to follow the city health department guidelines around social distancing, around 
good personal hygiene, around staying home. Our, our healthcare workers are in the front lines saving lives and they're asking us to stay home. So that's critical. The other piece is the economic impact of this crisis. People are losing their jobs. Families are worried about whether they're able to provide food to pay for rent. This creates an enormous amount of stress and these are real issues um, that we need to be thinking about. Um, and then I feel also that COVID-19 is so different from how we normally respond in a crisis. Our first response as humans is to want to go out and to be connected and to have vigils. And this is contrary to what we're being instructed to do. Um, so again, I think that these are huge challenges that are impacting children and families across the island. And then the last piece is that, that is accompanying with sheltering in place. People feel anxious, there's cabin fever, you're negotiating a lot of different emotions across the span of ages in very small spaces. So we're trying to kind of prepare families and give them resources to help manage and cope with these issues. And I guess last, this is truly last, that even though this is a global pandemic, COVID-19 is impacting different communities in, in very different ways, right? So people who were experiencing health disparities before this crisis, are feeling it even more acutely now. So at CCW, all of our partners are really thinking about how do we get resources to the most vulnerable so that they can respond and handle this crisis. All right. Well, you know, you sent us some amazing graphics um, that I want to put up on the screen because I want folks to take a look. And if you can walk us through a couple of them. Um, the first one, it talks about services through telemedicine. Can you talk about that? Sure. So when the schools closed and when the treatment programs closed, people were very nervous and anxious because they had mental health services and needs in place and weren't able to access them in the normal way. I feel like this crisis has also created opportunities for innovation and that many providers are offering their services via telemedicine. So some of the substance use treatment programs are doing groups via Google Chat or Zoom, like people are innovating to make sure that they're able to reach their clients. So the TISA initiative actually pulled together this information on who is actually providing telemedicine services and encouraging folks to call their programs and ask about how, how they can be connected. Okay, great. Let's uh, plug in another graphic because you sent us some really amazing content this morning. Um, let's talk about social distancing. Sure. So social distancing is, again, very challenging. We talked about that. We're social creatures. I feel like we're, we're trying to emphasize physical distancing, but social connection. So encouraging people to FaceTime their friends and their families to call and check in and let people know that they're, that they're not alone and that there are people thinking about them, but while still maintaining that physical separation. Trying to get, get the word out on the importance of social distancing. And I know that the governor's office um, has an experiment along with the New York City mayor's office to tell everyone stay at home right now. Um, our numbers have, yeah, our numbers have exceeded uh, China's in, in regards to tests. Um, so I completely agree with the, you know, social distancing struggling. Um, but, you know, a lot of folks seem to have, including ourselves, have been jumping on the video um, Instagram live feeds just to stay connected and have those communications. So, um, Jessica in the green room, can you throw up a third graphic that Adrian sent over to us? 
Yes. So this one was about managing anxiety and stress during uh, social distancing and sheltering in place. Um, some of the things that I'm just even seeing in some of my uh, Facebook message groups, that people are having trouble sleeping, they are, they're um, worried, they're seeing things on social media and the news. So we're really recommending people to limit their exposure to social media. Yeah. Um, I also, social media creates this, these false perceptions about what it's like to work remotely and oversee distance learning and create meals. Like you have to kind of manage expectations and, and forgive yourself and, and allow for, for, for your own routine to develop in your household. So these were just some tips, just, you know, don't, don't read the new, don't read the New York times before you go to bed, like, and, and look yeah. at the statistics because right. That'll be incorporated into your your sleeping patterns and will result in, in a rest, restless night. So just some little tips for people to kind of manage their anxiety. And of course, to call anyone in the hotlines, NYC Well, the telemedicine supports that are available. These are all critical services. Absolutely. You know, I, strangely, I wish I would have seen this graphic two weeks ago because the, the first week that this came out, um, I was up till midnight and then waking up at 5 a.m. every day. And for the most part, you know, people see me joyful Jacqueline. I'm out there, I'm doing things, but it the my anxiety level was hitting me like strangely enough at five o'clock in the morning. And so mm -hmm. I've even noticed other people. So I've been following your tips. Um, you know, typically we would be posting every two hours, but now we're posting maybe once, twice a day. Um, just for my mental health, because you're right, the whole process. So I really appreciate this graphic for folks. And, you're, and, you, and you bring up a good point. Like we're encouraging parents to take care of their mental health in order to, it's it's the oxygen mask analogy. Like you have to take care of yourself to take care of your family. So really practicing some, some mindfulness techniques and limiting exposure to news and social media. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you joining us this morning. We will make sure that we post all of the graphics along with the um, hotline phone numbers that you provided. And Can I make one more point? Oh, yes, of course. I don't have a graphic to accompany it, but we have it on our, our Facebook page. Food access and technology. We have been working with our partners at the DOE to make sure that everybody knows that that families who need to access food can go pick up three grab-and-go meals from select locations across the island. You don't need to show ID. You don't need to have a child that goes to that school. It's really important that people get connected to, to food. There are many families that are food insecure. And then for those families who do not have technological setups, they can call 311 and they can apply for the loan to get an iPad or a Google Chromebook and they're also connecting people with Wi-Fi. So I just want to make sure that people know about those services. You can call 311, but we're really trying to make sure that children who are not in the schools anymore are still connected to an array of services and supports. Absolutely. What we're going to do is um, we're going to bring on Camilla Hanks, but afterwards uh, we'll remind everyone about the 311, the services for the food access and technology. But thank you so much, Adrian, for joining us. So please stand by for for a two a two minute section. Um, next, I want to introduce an amazing, amazing woman. Um, I actually met her years ago through a gentleman 
um, from Projectivity. And um, Ms. Camilla Hanks is the executive director for Historic Tappan Park, but she is also the executive director and the leading force behind Youth Build Staten Island. And so we're super excited that she is also joining us this morning because there's a lot of information. And when I first reached out to her, you know, she said, Jacqueline, I'm so glad that we're talking about youth because a lot of people aren't even really going to start thinking about that for a few more weeks. Um, and so I'm super excited. Uh, Camilla, are you there, my dear? Hi, how are you? Hello, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on Community Corner. Thank you very much. It's wonderful. I really love the Community Corner. I've loved what you've done on Facebook. Um, I was just listening to Adrian and so many of the things that she's saying are so important. And um, I think my contribution is how that looks in real time. Like, what does that look like on the ground when you're dealing with um, young people? Uh, just to start out, like Historic Tappan Park Community Partnership is actually a economic development corporation and Youth Build Staten Island is one of our flagship programs. Mm -hmm. And so right now we are looking at how all, both those things are meshing together uh, and dovetailing quite nicely. Uh, just to touch on the, the youth component, um, when COVID-19 first um, was came out and it was you know such an issue, um, they were talking about seniors. They were talking about people who had existing conditions. They basically said, it's not really affecting young people. And so there was a, like, as you said before, a couple of week delay on how we are going to be approaching young people, specifically if they're not attached to the Department of Education. Yeah. So what does that mean if they, uh, Youth Build Staten Island has young people who um, are, are over the age of 21. Our, our, um, our target population is between 16 to 24. And we're looking at these 20, 21 to 24 year olds that really don't know how to get these resources. Um, when they talk about remote learning, um, what does that mean if a young person doesn't have the technology? How do they go about getting the technology? So we've had to kind of revamp and, and be very and so um, speaking to the foundation, speaking to um, Department of Small Business Services and other city agencies, how are we going to get donations of, of technology? How are they going to have access to Wi-Fi? Um, those are the challenges for young people that are not enrolled in a public school. Yeah, yeah. I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. You went straight into it. Let's um, talk about the work pro progress projects that's happening because your students from Youth Builds have been doing remarkable work um, partnering with Makerspace and, and I don't want to give too much away. So can you talk to us um, and so that way we can see and hear and listen to what's happening? So I, I would be remiss in talking about it if I didn't thank the uh, City of New York Work Progress Program, which actually gives... Uh, community-based organizations like Youth Build Staten Island, the opportunity to pay students to do a work experience so the employer can see how a student is working. They could see um, the student can gain um, experience. And then at the end of that, you have kind of like a test drive. So um, when COVID-19 came about and, and many of our students that we had initially placed, um, they basically lost their job because 
um, they were in an environment that um, that was not an essential service. And so we have been uh, partnering with uh, organizations and community groups, Makerspace, uh, Mike Perina, that have been that have connected us to work that our students can do by being an essential um, worker, making face masks. So now we can provide the wages mm-hmm. and they don't have to um, worry about the labor component. And you have a wonderful uh, partnership where our young people are actually con- contributing to the you know benefits of these face masks and everything. And so it's, it's a great, great thing. Got it, got it. And we have a couple of images um, that you had sent over. I know that um, Michael Farina and partnership, um, Makerspace, they hit their quota and now they're exceeding it, which is fantastic. So Camilla- I'm sorry, what? <laughs> You're going no, in and Camilla, out, of apologize. No worries. Um, can you ask us if you can hear us? Uh, because I know that right now, a lot of the media outlets are online, um, especially with the new Navy ship that has arrived. Um, and it's actually actually uh, named Comfort, and it's going to be right by Clear Comforts over So it's appropriate. You talk to us a little bit about some of the students. You mentioned that they have um, now been working with pharmacies and doing pickups and deliveries. Can you talk about that a little bit? How they've shifted? Yes. So you know, in these types of environments, you have to adapt. And so some of the jobs that they've had, maybe they were working at a restaurant, maybe they were um, working at a, an organization that we placed them and those uh, options were no longer available. So we reached out to pharmacies and the students that have um, valid driver's license are now doing deliveries for pharmacies, which is really needed to help out our vulnerable population, our seniors, our homeless um, and individuals that cannot leave their homes. We are um, contributing to being able to allow those folks to get the medicine and the uh, prescriptions they need without leaving their homes. So we're really excited about that. That's fantastic. And um, is there anything that you would like to conclude with in regards to the students at Youth Builds and just kind of um, the new challenges that they're going to be um, overcoming in the next few weeks? Right. So. Um, you know, we're in between classes. We basically, you know, we were really disappointed that our students could not graduate on uh, on March 26, but you know, it is what it is. But with our new cohort, you know, we've already done the recruitment. So now we're going through about 47 applications, but more, moreover, we're trying to figure out what does remote learning look like? What does um, case management look like? You know, if so the first challenge is getting students to, um, to get the technology they need. The second thing is to create and train your staff who are not used to, I mean, youth development is a hands-on kind of uh, program. These young people utilize time to get away from the things that, um, you know, their lives, they, this is their respite, this is their sanctuary. And, and now we have to create a virtual sanctuary. We have to create these things, start thinking about that mean in workforce development period. Um, it's not just young people, it's people who uh, do not really understand. And Adrian said it best, you have to forgive yourself. 
um, on, in the new world of communication. And how does that affect our young people? And so right now, the biggest, um, the biggest things that we're doing, especially with um, a lot of the youth organizations, youth wins, and using collective impact as a catalyst to start changing the way we learn, the way we socialize, and you know, this is pretty. So even though it's been um, it's it's been 18 days, you're not really going to see the effects. And I think that this you know um, segment can do a, a follow up in another you know yeah. two to three weeks to find out where we are at because I don't think that that's like the big unknown. And so the more we connect with each other, the more we share information, the more um, you know little spots like Community Corner gives people the opportunity to learn how to do a segment online because I'm like, ah. <laughs> you know, it's easier to do that. And I thank you so much to, um, you know, allowing us to, to talk about some of the things that we're doing. Absolutely. Well, you know, to both you and Adrian, because we're going to wrap up here. I think both of y'all are amazing leaders um, in this community. And I think it's extremely important to always hear from the experts in their field. Um, so we're going to make sure that we put all of the graphics along with the contact information um, as our recap post on the JMT Media uh, Facebook page. Um, and so I just wanted to conclude today's Monday by saying that we are motivating each other and uplifting each other all day, every day, and even more so now. So I leave you with that and have a wonderful, wonderful Monday, y'all. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Bye-bye. Be well. Bye -bye. Thank you so much.